Selfish Tigers, the future's uncertain for Sydney Stack and Callum Coleman-Jones after a kebab and strip club debacle. We'll discuss this and other talking points out of round 15 as Jules Sandover medalist and former Collingwood rookie Claremont Stripe Bolton is today's special guest over the line, only on the Centre Square podcast. And I declare the winner of the 2019 Brownlow Medal, Nathan Fox of the Fremantle Football Club. Welcome back to the Centre Square Podcast on 91.3 Sport FM, your football headquarters. Hope everyone's been well since last week's episode. I'm your host, Ethan Roth, and today we have Luca Vinning and Callan Levitt. Boys, how are you? Well, I'll tell you what, mate. Everyone that knows me, I'm a big Fremantle supporter. I am absolutely stoked that Fremantle are winning games in September. Um, you know, <laughs> First time for everything. Well, um, not the greatest performance last night. Um, no, Monday night. Yeah, Monday night from the boys. So um, In the wet. In the wet, you know, the fo- the Fords were a little bit ordinary, mm. um, probably weren't getting as much um, reward for their effort as, as what they should have been, but yeah, gee, how good does um, Caleb Sarong look? Mm. And Chera. And Chera as well, yeah, Chera mm. was sensational. It's um, And Nat, yeah, Nat Fife really starting to spend some more time time forward and letting those um, yeah those younger guys get to work. So, uh, Cal, how are you going? I'm going well, thanks. My pies are not doing too bad at the moment. Obviously lost to Brisbane, but before that we weren't going... Too bad, didn't play too bad against Brisbane. Probably mm. should have won. The yep. amount of inside fifties we had in that last quarter, I think it was like fourteen <laughs> to two or something like that. So, <laughs> mate, my checks dropped, Mark. That was terrible. We, uh, we won't get to. We won't touch on that. Much. But yeah, Nate, it's good to be here and looking forward to it. Good uh-huh. guest coming up. Yeah, we have the most decorated current waffle player, two-time Sandwood medalist, and former Collingwood rookie Jai Bolton to join us for a chat soon, which was organised sort of last minute, a bit late. But well, um, he's no Cal Levitt, is he? Though, <laughs> um, you know, the experience you've got in the waffle, mate. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, but in terms of the first bit, um, we can focus on in strife. Will you do that, Luca? Yeah, yeah, I've got in strife. Um, you know, I think could, nearly could have been in last week's episode, but uh, no surprises here. Um, Richmond, Sydney Stack, and uh, Callum Coleman Jones. You know, I think they were um, yeah, completely out of line just going. Um, for, yeah, I think they went for a late night kebab out out front of a, uh, <laughs> strip, a club. strip club. So yeah, um, you know, I guess it comes down to that. Um, you know, the young boys that are on an AFL list thinking they're invincible, and you know, <laughs> being at Richmond. Um, you know, very lucky that to get away with um, just to find because yeah. ultimately, yeah, they could a fair, s- fair bit of talent. Sydney Stack, especially, fair bit they, of talent. They could have got sacked and hundred thousand dollar fine, which I don't even think they can pay off. I think Cochin offered to pay a bit of it off. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's uh, you know the boys that think they're all spending it on. Um, well, if you're a young kid on an AFL list on six <laughs> figures, you'd be spending <laughs> on whatever. We don't even want to get into what they spend it on. Um, <laughs> but moving on, GWS, um, gee, lost to Adelaide. And talk, talking about winning games, talking about winning games in September, Adelaide a time in their run. That's two in a row. Yeah, now. that's two in a row in September. Yeah. yeah, the only highlight of the night was Bobby Hill's mark of the year contender. That was oh, that was up there. That That'd that be could up be up that there. Was a, that was a big fly, wasn't it? Mm. Who did he take it on? Testing my, testing my knowledge was it, here. Was it the Ruckman? I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Riley Ryan. I think maybe Hardigan. I don't know. But it was. I'm still a big boy to jump on, mm. and he's little as well. He's yeah. very small. Now, another one, uh, uh, boys, 
we'll let the viewers know we did go um, all the way out to the five six yesterday. Uh, we went through Bushby Street, um, and as, as you boys know, I've got a um, a new pick, uh, lock screen set on my phone. Um, but all all the doubters of uh, Sonny Bill Walters, um, you know, I think. He hadn't kicked a goal in six games, and um, I think he had yeah three in the first half mm. uh, Monday night. So um, all the all the haters out there, um, shove one right up, yeah. Um, in the, nice, yeah, in the nicest they were, way they also they were also talking about his um, relationship with JL. I think um, that that video surfaced um, with that bit of the fu towards the coach's box. Um, when on Facebook the other week? Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe you haven't seen it, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah, purple up, yeah. through and through, doesn't he? I don't, yep. He's not going to go. Nah, oh no, more. he's not going to go anywhere. Um, and just another quick in strife for me. Um, we we bit of club footy action. Um, we had Bassadine on the weekend and uh, a bit of a yeah, sideways hail coming Boy. in. Um, so the conditions were uh, yeah very sloppy. Um, but Jacob Neville, um, you're in strife, mate. Uh, chest mark top of the goal square, uh, oh, three meters out. Um, yeah, chopped it. Kicks it over the post for a behind. <laughs> oh, so, no. um, you know, if goals were very hard to come by in that game. Oh, um, is he a listener? Is he a regular listener? Well, I think he will be after this. Yeah, um, get him in. Get the, get, drag the boys in. I think we're going for a swim at the pool tonight. So, oh, boy. Um, it'll be a bit of fun. Yeah, must um, night for the boys down at Swanagh. Yeah. <laughs> the centre square play of the year from round 15. Obviously, you know, we're clocking back around because of this footy frenzy. But go ahead, Cal. All right. So, we'll go with our one vote. We've decided to go with Liam Ryan. He had a four uh, goal... He did fine, Ryan. Full goal performance, eight marks. Um, and Eagles might not have got over in the line if it wasn't for him. Only one by 15 points. Mm. So if it wasn't for flying Ryan, oh. could have been deadly. Three, for three, three goals is 18, and, and he kicked four. So <laughs> work out the maths. <laughs> quick maths from Luke winning right there. Mate. Yeah. Two votes. We've got uh, one of my favourite players in the competition, captain of my club, Scott Penderbury. 29 touches, eight clearances, seven inside 50s. Led from the front, as he so often does, just looks cool, calm, and collected in pressure. Yeah, courageous. Chucking another C with courageous. Courageous, what I'm a C word. Courageous. Uh, competent. Confident. He's confident as well. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, we chuck, chuck those ones off the, uh, the umpiring uh, manual. <laughs> and then the three votes we've gone with Jack Crisp, another Collingwood player. 30 touches, 8 marks, 6 tackles, and 121 fantasy points, which was the most in the whole round. So I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, you don't mind well. the... Uh, the black and white, do you, care? I didn't, I didn't have, to, I didn't have too much. Group, I didn't have group too discussion, much. but I'm telling you, it's your segment. Who, who was uh, unlucky to miss? Uh, we got unlucky to miss. Riley O'Brien had a big night in the ruck. Uh, eight marks with five of them contested. Matt Crouch, Kyle Langford, Blake Akers, Ed Langdon, Luke Parker, and Max Gorn. Speaking of Max Gorn, how's, how's the matchup of uh, Sean Darcy and Max Gorn on Monday? Yeah, it was um, interesting. I mean, you know, Max Gorn is still one of the best ruckmen oh, oh, in the club. Absolutely. And yeah. Darcy's sort of coming through. Yeah, um, well, he's still quite well he's, um, I was looking at the All Australian twenty two under twenty two um, that they put up on Facebook the other day, and yeah, Sean Darcy's up there as the ruck uh, with Oscar Allen. With Oscar Allen, Allen, yeah, well, twenty <laughs> uh, under twenty two. Um, yeah. yeah, there's not too many ruckmen. Uh, going yeah, Fre- Freo, I think uh, it was Brayshaw, Chera, and Sarong, mm. the mids. Very exciting. Um, so yeah, very exciting times um, down at the Ark. Um, you know, we are winning games in September, so um, yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll wrap uh, this section up with the tips, and round 16 is still going. Um, so I'll quickly read out the leaderboard, and then we'll quickly say our tips before we call up Dry Bolton. So after round 15, myself, Ethan on 87. Bray said I was cheating, but that is not the case. Bray, Bray just calls a cheat. We were on the exact uh, same. Whenever he's down, mate. We were on the exact same margin, and then 
I tipped Adelaide against Hawthorne, and we tipped the exact same. So I mean, that means I'm one up. He's on 86. Cal, you're on 85. Lucas, 75. And Noah, 72. And obviously, Bray and Noah aren't here. Um, Noah's just gone the away teams. And Bray's gone West Coast, Geelong, Fremantle, Port, GWS, Carlton, Western Bulldogs, Brisbane, and Collingwood. I'll tell you what, I got really unlucky this week with all the away teams. Uh, <laughs> I think me and Cal were up at uh, Eastern Hills playing the footy game, and then he comes yeah. out and he goes, oh, you submitted your tips. I was like, oh, bugger. <laughs> I'll get all the away teams, and I think I've got two, two rod or something. So. Well, at least yeah. you had a good game. Yeah, anyway, well, I, I, You had a good game. We'll uh, <laughs> race through these tips. So Thursday, um, St Kilda versus West Coast. Um I'm gonna go the same. I'm gonna go the Saints. Yeah, in my opinion, I think the Eagles are done for the Premiership. I don't think they can win it. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Up, uh, shove, shove that up you, the coasters. I'll go Ooh. the uh, the Saints. Well, since we're, well, what's Bray gone? Bray's gone West Coast. I'll mm-hmm. go. I'll well, go. Bray's Saint always going to go. West I'll Coast. go Saint Kilda. Yeah. Um, Friday, Geelong versus Richmond could be could be a grand final um, preview. Uh, essentially, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Geelong, Richmond. Oh, well, I, know, I want to catch up to Ethan at top. But I think Richmond might win. Mm. But I think, but I want to go Geelong. So I'm going to go with Geelong. Yeah, I think Shots. there's too many. I think the off-field issues at Richmond are just going to catch up with them. <laughs> I think Richmond, are, you know, still a good side. But they, 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 they think they're invincible. Um, I think they'll keep winning games. So because they yeah. are not invincible. They're Richmond, mate. They're Richmond. They do what they want. Um, North Melbourne versus Fremantle at Metricon. I'm going to go Freo. I tell you what, mate. I've not tipped against Fremantle all year, and, you're not and that to. form is going to continue. <laughs> I'm going to back my Dockers in to win this game and make it two in a row for in September. Well, there we go. I'm going to go Freo as well. Yeah, good choice. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Essendon at the Adelaide Oval. I'm going to say Port. Yeah, Port. No brainer, really. Port Port Flag Adelaide, I think. Um, <laughs> Jake Jenkins will say, uh, "Book your tickets right now." Um, yeah, puts puts that after every win. So yeah, I go Port as well. Yeah, and then GWS versus Melbourne at the Gabba, the last Saturday game. These teams are bad. Yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> if you if you had to get the most the two un- most unpredictable teams to verse each other, be, be <laughs> are you serious? Yes, at the moment. Yeah, yeah as we kind of sit, um, I'm going to go GWS. GWS. Lost to Adelaide. GWS. What to win or to lose? To win. Uh, I'm going to go. Tips, mate. <laughs> I'm going to go Melbourne to win. I'll go Melbourne too. <laughs> There are Ethan likes that. The grin across his face, he thinks, oh, I'm going to go three clear here. Um, moving on to Sunday, Carlton versus Adelaide at Metricon. I'm sorry, Adelaide, but you're not going to win another game in September. Will they go three in a row? <laughs> Will they go three in a row is the question. Carlton. I'm going to back them in here. I think they're on a bit of a ride. It could be 2017 all over again. <laughs> in so September. Three in a row, I'll back in Adelaide. <laughs> I don't even Gunner know. Oh, this is a hard one. I know Carlton's in form. They could still make the eight, but... Adelaide's in form. They're both in form. Yeah, but Adelaide's in form at the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> yeah, but they're still both in form. They're still AFL footballers. So, so you're going to go... Uh, who's playing? <laughs> 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 nah, I'll go Adelaide. Right. No, no, Carlton, 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 Carlton. Carl, 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 Carl. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, Hawthorne versus Western Bulldogs at the Adelaide Oval. Western Bulldogs for me. Western Bulldogs. Doggies. Yeah, and Sydney versus Brisbane at Kazali's Stadium. Brisbane, for me. Sydney. 
Sydney's room my tipping. Sydney's room Louis Taylor. Yeah. Ruined your tipping. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even a high seven goals. It wasn't even a high tackle. Seven goal lead in the wet. <laughs> How do you lose <laughs> it? I don't know. So now How do you kick seven goals in the wet? You lose seven goals in the exactly. wet. Exactly. So I'm gonna go for Brisbane. Yeah. Alright, and then the Monday clash is Collingwood and Gold Coast. Match of the round. I'm not sure about that, but uh, Collingwood. Don't worry about what we got on Friday night, mate. But um, well, Collingwood v Fold Coast. I uh, was making a big call, Fold Coast, at the start of the year. Uh, I think I won won the first couple, uh, but I'm going to back Collingwood on a Monday night. I'm going to go Collingwood too. All right. Uh, well, look forward to the calculations to keep happening with two rounds left. Um, on the other side of this, though, Jai Bolt now, I guess, will join us. Jai Bolton, the man Nick Maxwell personally recruited from a Nick Maxwell footy clinic. Spotted the kid, told the club he can play, and he delivers for the captain. That man we just spoke of, Jai Bolton, has kindly stopped by, and it's a fair CV. Two-time standover medalist, bringing the amount of medals we've had on to, uh, four on the show. Two-time Simpson medalist in state games. Two-time Clement Best and Ferrest. Pick 73 in the 2010 AFL Rookie Draft. He spent a year on Collingwood's list and he's hoping to add a premiership with the Claremont Tigers this year. Jai, welcome. Thanks for coming on for a chat. Jeez, thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, good. great to have you on. Um, it's been a, a while, I guess. But um, must be nice to know you're um, safe in the finals hunt as you um, have the bye this week. Uh, we'll come to that a bit later on. But did you want to start off by telling us a, a bit more about yourself and your background um, growing up in Leopold and Drysdale? Did you always love footy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I started um, doing uh, what like most boys probably do. Like I was kicked around three, I was staying in Drysy, and then was there till um, my later years in junior footy at Leopold, and um, never really got a crack at Geelong Falcons, which is like the Colts over here, I suppose, like uh, in the TAC Cup over there. Um, and uh, yeah, when I was about sixteen, started playing um, senior footy for my local club, Leopold, and. Um, had a good final series from there, I suppose. And then um, Nick Maxwell was um, at one of our games and told the um, Collingwood recruiters to uh, give me a trial or um, train on with them for um, a couple of weeks before the draft. And I went up there and did a few tests and stuff. Yeah, then they told me I wasn't going to get picked up and um, was watching the rookie draft and, yeah, saw my name come up. So, mm. yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, but that's pretty much how... Um, I got into state footy, state league footy after that as well. Yeah, it would have been surprise, a surprise for sure. Yeah, well, you were, ta- you were taken late in the um, in the rookie draft in 2010. Can you remember where you were um, when your name popped up? Mate, it feels like a couple of days ago. Like, yeah, I can remember it so clearly. I was, um, I actually found out from Facebook, um, believe it or oh. not, because the uh, connection to the to the draft portal cut out. I started getting all these notifications on, on Facebook and went on to me, my wall and people were saying congratulations and stuff and I was like, oh, you know, my mates are taking the piss out of me sort of thing. So I kind of, I kind of mentioned it to them that I'd talked to Collingwood a little bit and thought, oh, they were taking the piss out of me. They thought I was making it up. And then, um, yeah, finally reloaded and I saw my name um, pop up and I was running around the house screaming with me nan who was at home at the time and um, she had no idea what was going on. So... Um, yeah, it was, it was a very good feeling. Probably the best feeling I've ever had, really. And were you, were you stoked to pack up your bags and um, go join the reigning premiers? Yeah, I was, re- I was, I was um, really excited. But I hadn't really had... Living in Geelong, like, you don't really um, run into or get to see many um, AFL sort of 
players that you look up to all the time and to all of a sudden meet like 20, 20 30 blokes that you kind of idolise and get to train with them was, um, was unreal and yeah, very exciting. Yeah, it would have been an awesome experience. So when you arrived at the Pies, was there one experienced player that took you under their wing or was a mentor for you? Um, I suppose, uh, like, Nick Maxwell was um, captain at the time and he was sort of the bloke who found me, I suppose. So he he did, but uh, we all got given, like, mentors and stuff and I was lucky enough to get Pendles. So, um, yeah, um, we shared quite a few interests in, like, NBA and that sort of stuff and... Um, yeah, it was good to just sort of follow him initially. And, um, yeah, the Rat Pack didn't really want much to do with me. But, uh, I wish I, I told the boys I was part of the Rat Pack at, at the club and stuff, but they didn't really give me any time of day. They, um, yeah, unless you were playing seniors and giving them plenty of the ball, they didn't really want to know you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's a pretty uh, elusive club. But um, <laughs> although you didn't play an in-season game, it must have been a great experience to play in some pre-season games. What was that experience like to pull on the black and white? Um, and did you head along to the losing grand final when the boys went to Geelong? Went down to Geelong? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Nab Cup was actually um, it was pretty it was pretty packed. I remember thinking how loud it was out the ground because there's still I think there's thirty something thousand at the um, uh, I think it was called Tulsadome or whatever it was called at the time. Eddie had uh, Marvel Stadium, and um, I remember not being able to hear anything other than the crowd. Um, so, yeah, that was a really good experience. And then, uh, yeah, I went along to the grand final. Um, I'd actually been delisted, been told I was delisted uh, three days before the, the grand final, which is, I thought, strange timing. But, um, yeah, I still went along and because uh, my housemates were, uh, Alex Solo was playing in it. So, um, yeah, went along and uh, yeah, it was pretty, oh, it was a weird feeling going into losing grand finalists um, change rooms afterwards. Like, there's a lot of emotions and that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, it was still uh, something you can look back on to be um, thankful that you're a part of, I suppose. It was still a good experience, but it would have been good if they won, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. I find that interesting that they actually told you that you wouldn't be there next year and, um, before the grand final. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, um, like if other clubs have similar sort of protocols or what they what they look to do, but it's it's not as bad as what one of my good mates, Nick Winmar, got, and he got told he was delisted after the draft, so he was just done. He couldn't even get picked up by another club or have a chance to. So I suppose um, compared to that, it wasn't um, wasn't quite as bad. Yeah, so it's it's often rare to see players depart after just one year um, in the system. Did you feel a little bit stiff um, to go after one just one year? Um, yeah, I did, but at the same time, we had like probably the best midfield, uh, it's, it's pretty hard to say that over WA because everyone thinks that the um, Judd, um, Cousins, Kerr, Embley midfield was um, was the best probably put together, but um, yeah, the one with, you know, uh, Pendlebury, Ball, Thomas, um, uh, Swan, uh, Sidebottom, like, yeah, and even like Jared Blair was going in there at times, like there's a few others, um, Wellingham who was playing there, um, it, no, it just wasn't required. Like, um, yeah, there was so much depth coming up from underneath as well. Joshy Thomas and John McCarthy, who ended up going to Port Adelaide, um, and a few others were had a lot of depth in the um, reserves as well. And yeah, as an 18 year old, there's just other people that they could go after for depth, like in the ruck and stuff. So um, I felt stiff, but 
Um, that's just the industry. And were, are there any regrets there or things you would change, like if you could go back in time? Um, I'll probably just like um, appreciate the, um, the time I was there because it kind of it went so quick that, and I was like so um, focused on trying to improve myself and that sort of stuff. But in terms of my effort while I was there and trying to be professional and that sort of stuff, I couldn't have done any better. I think I gave it my best shot, but um, yeah, just to appreciate it. Um, and take it all in um, would probably be the only thing I'd try and alter, I suppose. Yeah, so after your AFL stint, you had a few years for Werribee, and you would you would have faced some ex-AFL guys there. What were those four or so years like in the VFL? Um, my first two weren't too great. I had a um, Charles Henry United, so I was battling for um, those first two years, and um, the coach that was there, Scott West at the time, didn't really rate me, so I wasn't really getting a gig. Um then I managed to crack into the, into the senior team um, at a consistent basis, I suppose, in 2014. Um, and we were really suc- we were really successful there. We, might, we I think in the four years I was there, we played in the prelim every year. And unfortunately, we lost. But we had a strong alignment with uh, North Melbourne and had some good players that were um, playing with us. But um, I absolutely loved my time at Werribee. My um, best match from school and stuff played there as well. So... Um, yeah, it was a really good four years. Yeah, it sounds like a great club. I know Michael Barlow is still there. We had him on. And he says, um, yeah, nothing nothing but a good club. But you were lured across to the Waffle for the 2016 season. Um, and what a move it's turned out to be. Is it true the big grounds were the main factor? And what was it about Claremont that sort of caught your eye? Yeah, I'll, well, I always want, was keen to give Perth a bit of a try because I lived, when I um, first got drafted, as I said, I lived with Alex Vassolo and I also lived with Jack Barron, who were both East Frio boys, and they were just always raving on about how much better the Waffle is compared to the VFL when we were stuck in the VFL together. And um, I was always keen just to come over and give it a bit of a crack. And for four years, I suppose, while I was at Werribee, I was flirted with the idea, and East Frio brought me over a few times and showed me around. and. Um, in the last two years, uh, Darcy Coffey, who's now the CEO at Claremont, was um, hounding me and um, just saying, oh, we want to bring you over too, like show you Claremont, we're getting these brand new facilities and um, and that sort of thing. And I was always thinking that I was going to come over and give it a crack at the Sharks at some stage, but then, yeah, just uh, at the last sort of minute, um, there was a bit of a coaching change, I suppose, I think at the time when I was looking to come over at East Frio and Steve Malaxis um, got fired, I think, and then they weren't sure who was going to be coach and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I just decided I wanted to come to Perth and then I thought that um, Claremont was going to be the best um, fit for me at that stage. So then, yeah, um, signed there and, yeah, I've uh, been pretty happy with uh, the decision I made since. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, and you, we, you've, you've always... Um Found the footy naturally. Um, I think in both your Sandover, <coughs> sorry, in both your Sandover years, you've um, you've averaged about thirty disposals. Um, would you say that's one of your main strengths? Um, is your ability to get the ball? Um, yeah, I'm de- I definitely like having the having the ball in my hands and um, trying to win, you know, contested possession for us and provide provide some run. I I think my game's changed a fair bit since I've um, come over. I was more. Uh, outside winger um, half forward I suppose before I came over and then I think that just there's almost a stigma of um, Victorians are uh, you know used to the wet inside and 
um, that sort of thing. My coach just threw me into into inside mid, and um, I sort of moved my game a little bit from just being a outside runner and trying to get handball receives to more clearance work and um, yeah, being on the inside. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say that um, yeah, trying to win the ball is one of my main strengths. Yeah. Yeah, so going into more depth about those Sandos, did you feel like you had a better chance in one of them going into the night? And out of the two, which one do you um, hold closer to you or think was more deserving? Um, uh, I think, like, the first the first one um, in 2016, like, um, people were... I don't know, I was, I was very nervous going into it because um, in, the, in the paper and stuff, it was saying that I was favourite and that sort of thing and um, it was a new experience for me too and um, yeah I just, I just felt like there was a little bit of uh, I was the one to beat in that one I suppose um, based off what people were telling me I actually didn't think I would personally win it and um, yeah but I just didn't I just didn't enjoy it, enjoy it as much because I think I was like thinking about it more whereas like, in 2018 Kyle Horsley was like the main sort of favourite and um, yeah, when I when I won, it was a it was a good surprise. Which one was more deserving? I don't I don't really I don't really know. I <laughs> um, I think that there was there's been some good seasons in in all all the years I've been over individual seasons from from players where it could have gone to a number of well, you know five or six different players that all contributed well to their team over the season. So um, yeah, I. I don't know, it's a hard question to answer, but um, I definitely enjoyed the 2018 night uh, more overall. Yeah, yeah well, Jesus, a medal is a medal, so um, you know to win two is <laughs> a great effort. But as many of our, as many as our um, previous guests who have represented their state have said, um, how much pride comes with it. Describe what it's been like to play in the state games, um, and then bo- uh, top it off as a bonus um, with dual Simpson medals in front of large audiences. Yeah, no, they're probably some of the best memories I've got in uh, my career to date. Um, I uh, especially enjoyed beating uh, Vic because uh, there's um, history behind that as well, and obviously it's my, it's my home state. But um, initially when I came over, uh, the first one that I was in, I'd only lived here for um, four months, so um, it was different. I don't know, it was hard to sort of, have pride of my state. I was more um, playing on pride of the league, I suppose, like the league that I was a part of. Because I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just felt like that's how I how I approached the game. But um, the the three after, like, it's been some of the best feeling of uh, people coming together and really making sure that we represented our our league and state to the best we can. And um, yeah, against South Australia over there and against. Um, over there was uh, two of the better yeah, experiences of football I've uh, I've had. Yeah, no doubt. And and can some of the games nearly feel a little bit like um, exhibition matches with some with um, you know a whole league like the best of a whole league coming together, or does it really feel like um, yeah, like really really um, really competitive in a way? Oh, it's definitely competitive. Um, everyone, like I suppose the difference between like an uh, all-star game and the AFL is that people are probably thinking more about not injuring themselves, getting through and still trying to make a little bit of a show about it. But 
the games that I've been involved on uh, involved in have been 100% competitive. They've been just as competitive as any um, final or anything like that that's been in the state leagues or anything along those sort of lines. There's a lot of guys that are wanting to win for their win for the state, and the way that we approach the game and the way that the coaches approach the game is um, is to win. Um, yeah, it's not really to showcase any individual player or anything along those sort of lines. It's definitely about um, yeah, pride of your state and pride of your league and um, trying to be the best league within, within the country outside the AFL. So, um, yeah, it's been very competitive. Yeah. Um, and it's understood that you spoke with five AFL clubs after your, um, after the second Sandover. Do you feel a little bit um, nearly hard done by the, um, watching other players get picked up um, and they haven't um, achieved as much as you have in the waffle? Um, and is it still a goal to play um, football at the highest level, or are you still more focused on your studies and the um, the real estate that you were doing? Yeah, I um, <laughs> I don't know. Some articles are just like just so far off the mark; it's not funny. Um, I don't know where some some of them get their information from, but uh, there was an article saying that I um, play play AFL free and this sort of stuff, which I don't know when I ever said none of those sort of lines, but. Um, I um, don't really feel hard done by because it's basically like every every AFL club has their own needs and then they um, go after that plan, I suppose, that they want to execute and it's just so happened to be that the timing hasn't been right for my type of player to be needed um, by an AFL club when I've been playing well. So um, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, I think there's a lot of luck and timing involved and um, there, there's some players who they may never have been picked up if it wasn't for the timing that they were they'd come to the top and they're starting to get talked about so I think that everyone who actually plays AFL and ends up on a list at some point is, is deserving whether they um, utilise that chance and it progresses into anything, people sort of make their opinion up after that of how they've performed but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not um, too salty on it. I'd love to. I would have loved to have played AFL, but I think that it's. Um, I'm probably getting a bit on. I'd say. I reckon I'd probably be the, the oldest draftee of all time if I had somehow pulled rabbit out of hat this year. Yeah, after uh, pods, you had to. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. Uh, yeah, pods, pods, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got picked up. I think he was 28 or 29. Yeah, so I'd be, I'd be, I'd be rivaling that. So uh, I'd say it's pretty unlikely. I'm pretty, pretty happy trying to. Um, Help some of our, our younger boys at um, at Claremont potentially uh, elevate their game and put their put themselves up in um, draft potential and help us try and win a win a flag and that's something I haven't achieved yet at senior level and it's definitely my number one goal now. Yeah, so switching our attention to this year, it's been uh, indifferent one for everyone. You obviously knocked off Subi in round one and you've been relatively consistent since. How have you seen it? And now that your place in the four is locked in, how much would you? Uh, how much would the double chance mean to you? Uh, it was a bit hard to hear, but I, I think I um, understood most of the question. Um, yeah, knocking off knocking off Subi round one uh, was awesome for our belief as a team because obviously they've been the benchmark of the last, um, oh, you know, six seven years, um, especially since I've, I've lived over here, and um, probably put uh, the thought in our head that we are good enough to. Um, to compete for a flag, um, and yeah, over the well, last round when we played West Perth um, with the bye coming up for us in round nine, 
uh, it was incredibly important for us to um, get that win and give ourselves a, a chance at a double chance. So we still got to sweat on, I suppose, the results this week and um, see what West Perth do against Subi. But um, we've put ourselves in um, a guaranteed finals position, um, which if we had a loss last week. We could have we could have potentially missed finals um, if results didn't go our way. So it's amazing in a, in a shortened season how weighted each game is and. Um, Every every game's pretty much worth double, so um, yeah, it was really pleasing to get the win last week and uh, yeah, prepare for finals over this week without having to sweat on results too much. But yeah, it will be uh, very nice if Subi can knock off uh, West Perth and make sure we get the double. And will you go to any of the games to um, to suss out what you could be up against um, in week one of the finals? Um, and do you have a preference? Um, obviously, uh, yeah, Subi. Um. Yeah, I hope, I hope Subi wins so they get the double chance. Um, they are starting to hit some form, which uh, is obviously um, dangerous, but um, based off their, their past record in finals, they, um, they've obviously performed really well in the back end of the season in previous years. But um, I think that more than likely, um, I think West Perth have to win by 10 or 15 or 20-something points, something along those lines, Um so I'm hoping that Subi can stay within that and uh, spend my time going to watch South and um, try and just pick up any um, any uh, extra information or um, something to, so we can prepare for uh, for them in a week's time. Um, yeah, and that's probably also me trying to um, send out good energies to make sure that we hopefully play them as well. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. Um, you had, it was a brilliant performance by you on the weekend. I think you had 37 disposals, but it must be great to have the experience of Kane Mitchell, Declan Mountford, Ryan Nyhouse, Tom Lee, Anton Hamp, um, Alec Waterman, and even Jared Hardesty, who've all tasted the AFL, mixed with some young guys coming through, such as Joel Weston. Um, so what's the environment like down at the club? Oh, yeah, we've got, we've got some um, some really good experience at the top level. I think um, Cal, like Cal England as well, who's... Um, who has like improved out of sight. He'd have to be up there with the most improved player in the league, I think, this this year. Um, who's coming up as a young, younger guy? But yeah, we're we're pretty focused on um, team success uh, down there, and even every training session is, is ultra competitive. Like even little little handball games, um, driven by. Um, our, our leaders and um, Kane's one of those as well so he gives uh, some really good insight um, and yeah Alec Waterman as well he's one of the better footy brains going around I reckon he loves he, he thinks the way he thinks through um, football scenarios and that sort of stuff is is uh, first class so it's great to have blokes like that on our team for sure Right, last but not least uh, from us, Jacob Lansmere here at the station has told us that you have an event booked on the day that the grand, the Waffle Grand Final is scheduled. Uh, scheduled. What happens if you're playing? <laughs> well, I obviously, obviously skip the Kalgoorlie Cup. That's that's a bit of a novelty. I didn't actually when I when I um, when I said lock it in, uh, did not realise that those dates correlated. So um, it'd be good to go. It'd be good to go watch the Kalgoorlie Cup, but I certainly think. Would rather play in a in a grand final, that's for sure. Yeah, either way, it's a it's a win win, isn't it? But um, Jai, it's been a privilege to talk to you and um, gain some insight into your career today. Um, one of the modern day stars of the waffle. Um, you know everything you've ch- achieved is speaks for itself. So um, all the best for the next few weeks, and uh, we might see you in the rooms um when we're out and about. Yeah, 
Awesome, mate. Sounds good. All right, see ya. See ya, mate. Um, yeah, good job to you two fellas. Another cruisy episode. Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, yeah, stoked to be here. It's always good when Ferry get a win. Um, never forget it. Cow, okay, any last uh, finishing words? Um, yeah, it was just good to be on. Good to have a good to be back in the studio. Good guest. It good, is. It's good. Good. Chat. good, yeah. good for it you is, back isn't it? here, mate, and uh, having some time with the boys. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> Unlike some select few um, at Center Square Podcast <laughs> on those socials, as we like to repeat. Uh, repeat. Um, our game for vlogging looks like it's going to be East Perth and Peel at Leader Oval. So um, either way, we'll, there'll be a range of um, players to interview. But uh, we'll speak to you then on the Center Square Podcast here from Sport FM ninety one point three, your football headquarters.